Oil prices experienced a sharp decline of more than 2% over the weekend as investors grew increasingly sceptical of the effectiveness of OPEC plus production cuts. The global benchmark Brent crude fell to $69 a barrel, marking a notable drop from its recent highs. Let's bring in Kyle Rodder now from Capital.com. Kyle, great to have you here on Ticket. Talk to us about these oil prices, the fall, obviously OPEC plus talking about cutting the number of barrels, but what's happening and what can we expect? Well, I mean, the kind of shift in the story came very much around the demand outlook going into 2024 a few months ago, of course, after the onset of the Israel-Hamas conflict, um, prices shot to around $95 per barrel in the Brent contract, and everyone was talking about 100 bucks being in sight. But, I mean, since then, we've had a sort of deterioration in economic fundamentals, especially in the United States, which is really propping up the market in terms of demand. And there were expectations that, as we saw, effectively a 20% decline in oil prices, OPEC would intervene with greater production cuts to try and boost prices back to a level which is sort of consistent with where they sort of want it to be at around 85 to 90 dollars yeah. per barrel. The issue was though we had this OPEC meeting which was delayed by four days or so last week and although we got a million dollars sorry a million barrels per day taken off the market or flagged to be taken off the market there's some fairly considerable concerns that some players uh, Angola being one of them but also a few other African nations uh, may not participate and that compliance will be reasonably low with these production cuts so again it's raising these fears that there may be a looming oversupply in the market at the start of next year which as far as equity investors are concerned not great for energy stocks uh, but it's also putting downward pressure on global energy prices, which is both good for just individuals at the the petrol pump, but also obviously global inflation pressures. Well, let's talk to us about the inflation issue, because that is the one that has been the story of the year so far. And the idea that petrol prices may be cheaper obviously will lead to that, which will, uh, I guess, take the pressure off reserve banks around the world. Yeah, and that's uh, largely the expectation that, um, again, mostly because of these sort of um, demand signals suggesting that we might be getting a much uh, more rapid slowdown, so to speak, in economic activity and subsequently, uh, you know, continued downward trend in inflation indicators or indices across the globe is that it's opening up the prospects for even rate cuts next year. And November, at least on Wall Street in Australia, the ASX was a little bit different, but at least on Wall Street, November had one of its, uh, sorry, the market had one of its best Novembers on record. And a lot of this was on expectations that not only are interest rate cuts, uh, sorry, hikes, uh, finished that we've seen the peak in the interest rate hiking cycle that interest rate cuts could come next year and sort of the latest episode was a speech given by Jay Powell on Friday night which although he didn't push back on the notion uh, although he did push back on the notion of cuts next year the markets had interpreted his uh, comments as being dovish and therefore pricing in that we could see a 50-50 chance of a rate cut uh, come March next year um, which again is all about you know expectations of much weaker growth and subsequently lower inflation so that's really boosting equity prices. It does send an ominous signal about the risks of recession next year, especially in the United States and therefore across the globe. But if we're talking about, you know, just in terms of drivers in the short term that are boosting global equity prices, it is this expectation that at least uh, for now, the rate hiking cycle, the rate hikes uh, are finished with. That is the good news. But what would it take, do you think, if we started to see a, a dramatic cut in rates from the Fed next year? What would we need to see from the economy? Essentially a huge slowdown, right? Well, that's the the, the, uh, the the whole point. This is sort of what's got a lot of investors scratching their head as to how you sort of square that circle, so to speak, that you've got asset prices moving higher, which at the, but at the same time, rate cuts are being priced in, which would indicate that uh, the global economy, or at least the US economy, which would affect the global economy, is going to slow significantly. So one... Uh, 
rebuttal to that is that effectively the, the, the US Federal Reserve will focus on real rates, which is effectively looking at the rate of um, uh, interest rates where they are um, with uh, minusing nominal interest rates. So the ones that you sort of see um, adjusted from, from central banks with subtracting inflation, uh, which you know is effectively to say that as inflation falls, they'll try to keep uh, interest rates cut uh, progressively in line with that fall in inflation. And that's why we can expect what's a so-called soft landing in, in, in the economy next year. But overall, I mean, we do seem to have a lot of positivity baked in, in terms of profits next year for US companies, very strong economic growth effectively being baked in. Um, these rate cuts aren't consistent with that outlook. So although markets are rising on expectations of higher, uh, of lower interest rates, uh, it doesn't seem to be reflected yet, that slowdown in company earnings, which will eventually have to come and maybe not be good for equity prices. Well, that's the US. Let's talk about what's happening in Australia. The Reserve Bank obviously watching closely what happens in the United States, but also there's some concern from one of the, the chiefs of the big four banks in Australia that actually because of in-baked government spending in Australia, we will be seeing these rates stay high for quite some time. And yeah, that's one reason why uh, folks who suggest that we won't see such aggressive rate uh, cuts next year is saying that, well, the kind of um, politics and um, approach to economic policy from governments has changed significantly. Um, deficit spending is still fairly significant. We still have um, governments running up really big budget deficits and heavily in debt, which is also effectively say that, you know, the fiscal side of the equation might be fairly stimulatory. And if nothing else, all this debt hitting global markets will keep um, upward pressure on interest rates because of the supply of government debt effectively puts downward pressure on, on um, bond prices, which pushes interest rates up. So given that there's a lot out a lot of folks out there saying that, yes, although monetary policy may be uh, no longer required to slow inflation down, uh, the path forward might see inflation come down at a much slower rate, again, because of some of the influence of fiscal policy, not just in Australia, of course, but it, perhaps even uh, to a greater extent in the uh, in the United States. So um, again, it's all to say that there's a significant amount of uncertainty about the rate path going forward into 2024 as we wrap up the end of, of course, what's been a 2023 um, sort of defined by very, very aggressive rate hikes. All right, Kyle Rodder from Capital.com. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you so much.